This episode was co-produced with the Swiss Entrepreneurs Foundation, a nonprofit organization which aims to support startups and promote the Swiss ecosystem capable of commercializing innovative technologies. Over the next few weeks, we will be releasing a total of six bonus episodes. These episodes will focus on the Swiss Entrepreneurs Foundation's Upscaler program, designed to help rapidly growing startups, as well as on the SWESA, the Swiss Entrepreneurs and Startup Association, which represents all companies and institutions that want to further optimize the economic policy framework in Switzerland. To find out more about the Swiss Entrepreneurs Foundation, visit swissef.ch. And now, on with the show. Competition is normally considered something negative. In our case, I would consider it, let's say, 80% positive and 20% a problem. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Hans-Peter, a very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Sylvan. It's my pleasure uh, to have this interview. And Hans-Peter, you are the chairman and co-founder at Anybotics, a company that provides solutions for a new level of mobility and interaction capabilities for robots to step out of the factory floors. Your core product is the highly mobile-legged robot called Animo. And we're going to talk all about that, about your company, and about your story in a second. But before we do so, I want to start off with the first question. What actually motivated you to start your own company in the first place? Well, I guess the motivation was uh, what you were always told it should not be, namely that we had a cool product. Um, we, it all started at ETH and uh, there was a group of people developing uh, or doing development on these uh, four-legged uh, robotic devices. And that was really the initial motivation to say, let's make a commercial product out of that. Let's look for applications and then uh, bring this to the market. Fantastic. And can you elaborate a bit more the specific problem that you actually solve with antibiotics? Yes. Uh, you know, with an autonomous robot that can walk basically anywhere where people also can go in nature or in uh, industrial environments or urban environments, there's a, a, an enormous amount of potential applications one can imagine. So uh, one of the tasks uh, in the beginning was to actually focus on one specific application to identify that one and then also really focus on it. Um, so we scanned a bit the various ideas uh, over the first year and then uh, we quickly decided that the industrial inspection is the application that we're going to pursue. This means that you have uh, a robot that can autonomously um, walk through an industrial plant and do various types of inspection tasks. Fantastic. And what actually led you to that conclusion? Was there the, a positive feedback from the potential clients or what led you to the conclusion to focus on that market? Yeah, I would say there were mainly two things. Uh, one is what you just mentioned. Uh, indeed, uh, we did get a lot of uh, contact. People identified us on the, on the web. Um, they uh, saw our videos, etc. So we got a lot of feedback. 
And quite um, a large portion of that feedback actually referred to some type of industrial plants and uh, some type of surveillance or inspection tasks. And the second reason is that uh, we considered this to be a sufficiently generic application uh, applicable in many different industries because the, let's say, the basics of inspection, they're always the same. You, in all type of applications, you have the same type of uh, pressure gauges, the same type of liquidity level measurements uh, or sensors, etc., etc. So you can have kind of one set of capabilities, which then is applicable to many different uh, industries. Got it. And in order to actually, you know, make such a revolutionary product as you have it, make that a reality, you also need a big team or an experienced team, better said. So what experience does your team bring to the table to actually also build a successful company? Um, yes, today we have a team of approximately 55 people, but that's, of course, not how we started. Uh, at the time of the foundation, we had nine founding parties. Uh, one of them was ETH, uh, two of them uh, were professors at ETH, and all the others, uh, the six remaining ones, uh, they were actually working in the companies, in the company. Now, five of these six were technical specialists. They had been doing a PhD or a master thesis on, uh, on this specific device, on the four-legged robot. And one uh, was kind of an old guy with a lot, a lot of business experience, and that was me. Uh, so we had a combination of uh, very deep and rather broad uh, technical competence, and then also kind of an experience base uh, of someone uh, that uh, had been working for a long time in the in the potential client industries. That for sure sounds like a, a winning combination, I would say. And you recently also made the news with a, a very important milestone, your financing round. So please talk a bit more about that milestone, but also about other milestones that you recently achieved. Yes. Well, this was actually a very kind of successful year in terms of uh, milestones to be reached. Um, the, in, in August, I think it was in August, we, had a, we were awarded the uh, Swiss Economic Forum Award, uh, which was, of course, uh, a very uh, big and interesting uh, achievement for us. Uh, then, uh, as you were uh, referring to, we just concluded about two weeks ago our uh, Series A uh, financing round, uh, where we had collected uh, the nice amount of 20 million Swiss francs, uh, which should secure our financing now for the, let's say, the next two to three years at least. Uh, and then uh, a next step may need to follow, but that's, uh, that's definitely a big milestone. Fantastic. And also congratulations on both of them. I think these are really big achievements. Thanks a lot. Uh, we were very happy to do that within this uh, rather difficult year with kind of Corona affecting everyone and everything. Uh, I was also uh, very happy to have a lead investor that was a Swiss uh, uh, entity. It was uh, Swiss Conventures actually who took the lead on that financing. Uh, and uh, that was uh, very positive also for us. Why are you happy about that constellation? Because what we also often hear from guests is that they say 
Swiss investors are great to start, but then also if you want to build an international company, you also need to get international investors as early as possible, basically. Yes. Uh, well, Swisscom is the Swisscom Ventures is the lead investor. And then, of course, we have um, a number of additional investors, um, some of them private, um, one company, corporate, uh, and uh, also some venture uh, capital organizations. The, there is a, a pretty large U.S. company uh, that has invested also in us. Uh, there is a very important uh, U.S. private individual also, um, whom we also have uh, on the board. So we have a very strong link into the U.S. and into also Silicon Valley. Um, so we try to have that combination. I see the need for both uh, because all our customers are, I mean, practically all our customers are outside of Switzerland, of course. Right. So in that regard, you probably also face some international competition if you're, you know, operating in an international market. So what does the competitive landscape look like on the on the market side? Yes, um, that depends a little bit on whether you look at it kind of from the application point of view or from the product point of view. If you look at it from the application point of view, I mean, how could you solve this industrial inspection? by autonomous machinery, um, then uh, there are, I would say, two different type of solutions that are available. Uh, one type of solution is uh, wheel-based or track-based uh, vehicles uh, that uh, you find some of those uh, that can also move autonomously, that have some uh, inspection intelligence, etc. So there's maybe half a dozen of those uh, companies that uh, are working on that. Uh, and on the other side, you can also solve, to some extent at least, uh, the same problem with drones. And then, of course, uh, you'll be flying in the air. You probably have a, an optical sensor, a, a camera that you're flying around, and maybe also some intelligence. Now, both of these applications have some, you could say, some advantages and disadvantages uh, compared to uh, a robot that is based on legs. And I don't want to go into the details of that. Um, but if you then look at the legged uh, robot uh, competition, then uh, the, it becomes rather sparse. Uh, there is really one company today uh, that uh, we consider a very serious uh, competitor, but I put that in apostrophes, I'll, I'll tell you right away why, and that is Boston Dynamics. Uh, and then uh, in addition to Boston Dynamics, you find probably another two, maximum three, uh, that are typically spin-offs from universities and are in a very early stage uh, and uh, we're probably a few years ahead of those, but they can also develop into serious competitors. Now, why did I put that into apostrophes? Competition is normally considered something negative. In our case, I would consider it, let's say, 80% positive and 20% the problem. Uh, the positive part is that uh, we have such kind of such of a, a futuristically looking solution that it's extremely helpful to have someone else who can actually also show that this is working and this is working today. That's not just uh, to play around in the future, uh, but it's realistic, it's, it's reality today. So I'm very happy that uh, we have at least a second player who is about at the same level as us. 
fantastic. Yeah, then you can actually educate the market together and win more clients overall and enlarge the market instead of uh, taking market shares from each other. So it's not only about percentage, it's really about the total value uh, and uh, the market's going to be big enough for two or three players, uh, absolutely, there's no doubt. And I'm happy if uh, we help each other, even uh, without coordination, of course, but just by the fact of being there, uh, we both help each other to kind of educate that market, as you were saying rightly. Absolutely. We know interruptions are rude, so we'll make it quick. The more positive ratings we have, the more people we can reach. So if you want to hear more from the Swisspreneur team, give our show a rating on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a minute. So we heard about the milestones and the achievements. So, you know, from the outside, it always looks like sunshine and rainbow, but I'm sure that you also had some very tough challenges to overcome. What was the toughest one that you had to overcome with your company so far? Yeah, of course. I mean, this is, uh, <laughs> we're basically uh, moving from one struggle to the next. And then uh, in retrospect, we celebrate uh, the achievements. Uh, but that's, I guess, the normal situation if you really start up a new venture. You asked me about the kind of the most difficult, the toughest challenges. I would say maybe I would probably mention two on two different areas. Uh, one was this financing round. Uh, I mean, this was extremely important. Um, we, I mean, we would not have survived forever if we would not have found a solution there. So this was extremely important. We put a lot of emphasis in it, um, and it took also quite a while. And it absorbed, uh, as usual, uh, the CFO, the CEO, uh, myself as a chairman. Uh, over quite some time. So that was definitely one of the toughest challenges. The second one is more kind of, I would say, is on the technical side, maybe just to get our last product out on time, uh, out to the market, have it delivered. We did the announcement uh, rather early uh, on the basis of our first prototypes. But then unfortunately, after the prototype tests, there were some additional problems popping up which we had to solve before we delivered our first uh, customer deliveries. And that was tough. Uh, that led to some, uh, some months of delay and some need for explanations, etc. cetera, uh, some excuses. Uh, that was definitely a big challenge also. Yeah, and, and that's a seriously bigger challenge, you know, than just having a software startup where you can then just deploy the next line of code to fix it. You're actually dealing with hardware, and that's a, a whole challenge by itself, I can imagine. Yeah, we're actually dealing with both. You know, when you look at the structure of our uh, roughly 40 developers that we have today, um, about half of them are software developers, and the other half are hardware developers, both electronics and uh, mechanical hardware. So we have the problem that we need to uh, cover a, a very large breadth of uh, knowledge. Uh, and that's, that's a danger also. Um, uh, so we try to uh, work with partners uh, so that we can focus on kind of as narrow as possible, uh, but still a very broad uh, area which we need to cover. Right, that makes sense. And recently, you were also part of the Upscaler program, which is organized by the Swiss Entrepreneurs Foundation. What would you say was the most valuable thing to come out of this Upscaler experience for your startup? 
Yes, uh, we had this uh, uh, very nice experience with the Upscaler program. The way we used that was that uh, we had actually prepared kind of our first version of the uh, of the pitch deck uh, for the financing round. And then I got in contact uh, with uh, Peter Steyli and uh, he offered that, or, or he informed me about the offer that uh, they have, namely uh, to organize a, few, a group of uh, specialists, of experts uh, from the venture capital uh, side who would be willing to test our uh, pitch and uh, to give us feedback and uh, to allow us to, imp to further improve then uh, until the final version that we would then finally go out with. And that was a very valuable um, exercise we did with them. I can imagine. Can you talk a bit more about how you know, that cooperation, also collaboration with the experts looked like and worked? Um, yes, the the basic idea was that we would not look at them um, as potential VCs, but kind of as neutral experts. So be open, tell everything, tell also where you still have a problem, how would they address that? And that was extremely helpful. It actually worked like that. Uh, they provided us uh, open feedback. And then still, in addition to that, of course, uh, since they were all venture capitalists, uh, or at least very closely related to that, uh, they had some ideas on how they would actually want to benefit from that too, and how they would want to continue with us. Um, now, and that led to some interesting introductions to other companies, in some cases even to a check uh, by one of the venture capital companies who was uh, represented in that group. It didn't work out in the end. We were probably a bit too early for them. Uh, so that was uh, that was a kind of a secondary benefit, but the first benefit was really to get a very neutral and very competent feedback on on our pitch deck and on our story. Got it. And why do you actually choose to participate in the upscale program in the first place and not choose any other program or option out there? Uh, well, to be honest, I didn't really make a big comparison. Um, I saw that offering. I uh, knew Peter Steli and uh, I saw the kind of the names of experts that he could uh, potentially make available. And I figured yeah, this is exactly what we need. And uh, so we didn't really make a, a big market research to find out the best. Um, we jumped on this first one and it proved to be, uh, it proved to be the right one. Fantastic. So you mentioned the, you know, the advantage of the experts that you had access to and also the sparring sessions there. What were other advantages that you enjoyed during the upscaler time? Uh, well, we, I, I don't think we went through the whole upscaler program, if I uh, know that program uh, or if I remember that program uh, correctly. We basically did only the very last part, which was really this uh, check uh, which is a, yeah, an exercise. It's basically a one day's exercise, exercise where they charge for it also, which I think is right. Uh, what is for free is not worth anything typically. Uh, so that was kind of, that was quite okay. So we did really only this last part uh, of the whole uh, program. Got it, makes sense. And now looking back, you said it was like the exact right fit for you and your company. So usually not every program makes sense for all the companies at all the stages, right? So if you had to recommend, when does the upscaler program actually make sense? Is there any 
specific target that you should reach before you actually join the program? From your experience, what would you recommend there? When does it make sense? I think it really makes a lot of sense kind of right before you're going out for the first financing round. Um, so the uh, if you then go through the whole program, they can uh, help you some more. Uh, and but then you get close to actually having finalizing your story and then, and your pitch deck, and for that I think up to that point, uh, so shortly before you actually do your financing round, is probably the right uh, point in time to do that. Got it. And we at Swisspner, we are huge fans of the Net Promoter Score because usually the Net Promoter Score is just a great tool to assess the quality of something. One is like, you're not going to recommend it at all. And 10 is you're very likely going to recommend it. So if you had to give the Upscaler program a rating between one and 10, what number would you choose? Yeah, I would say it's, it, it's probably, probably an eight. Uh, it, it's definitely a high ranking. Um, I was uh, very happy what we got. Uh, and then uh, kind of the delta to a 10 is uh, in the very ideal case, uh, of course, we would have profited even more from the, let's say, the people, uh, the neutral experts that we had in that group. Uh, but that, as I said, was really only kind of a secondary um, objective. So the first objective was definitely fulfilled. So meaning uh, with the room for improvement, meaning also getting the investors directly from the program, basically. Yes, yes. But that's, again, I mean, there is a, uh, you have to take that carefully uh, because uh, that cannot be the main purpose because then you start to lose the neutrality, uh, which is one of the right. benefits also. So it's it's a bit of a, of a slippery slope there. Right, yeah, it's a double-edged sword in that regard. Yes. So now we talked a lot about the past, you know, where you come from, where you started, but also about your recent milestones. And something we are also very curious to learn more about is the future. So what are your future plans? What can we expect from you and anybody over the next 12 months? Yes, um, we have, as I mentioned, we founded the company about four years ago. We now have the Series A financing. And of course, we had to tell that story also. What are we going to do with that money now? Uh, the main milestones that we have uh, in front of us uh, is the, the launch of the first commercial product uh, because all the products that we have sold so far uh, and where we did also tests and uh, rentals uh, were uh, still what we call uh, what we would consider prototype products. And the first fully commercial product will come out uh, roughly around mid next year. So that's definitely a big milestone. And then the proof of the pudding will come, you know, because then only we will be able to use that robot really within the production processes. So far, we were able to use it at the customer site for tests, uh, maybe some development activities. Um, starting next, uh, later next year, we will need to use it and want to use it in customers' processes. That's, uh, and from then on, it has to scale up. Uh, and that's going to be a very, very critical phase. Is the market already accepting that? Uh, does it work well enough? And then does it really scale? Right. So definitely an exciting year ahead of you, I would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now we talked a lot about your company, but we are also curious to learn more a bit about you as a person, Hans-Peter. So therefore, we prepared some rapid fire questions. 
the first one for you to select from thinker or maker? I think I'm more the maker. Uh, I like to take up ideas from others, uh, even uh, very daring ideas, uh, crazy ideas. Uh, but then I'm more, I'm usually not the one who comes up with the crazy ideas. I'm the one who makes them happen afterwards. Great. Leader or team player? Well, that's not a contradiction. Uh, I, I have difficulty to distinguish those. I would say both. Uh, I feel that I have a leadership uh, drive, but then a kind of a team player approach in, in this. That makes a lot of sense. And also related to that, holacracy or hierarchy? Yeah, definitely lending more towards holacracy is at least what I would say. And if you ask the people who need to work with me, um, you might get a slightly different uh, pitch on that. <laughs> Fair point. And if you had to choose between niche player and global leader, what would you choose? Definitely global leader. Uh, that's, I mean, that has been my whole history. I've been working in many different uh, countries also. Uh, and uh, looking at this startup, uh, we indeed have the target to develop a global leader here. Uh, we see a big, big potential uh, that we can play a big role in the future here. That's very promising. And I also think it would be great for the ecosystem to have such a global player, eventually also with an IPO one day, who knows? Absolutely. That's still uh, my dream uh, that we can actually do that. Uh, the, speaking about the ecosystem, I think Switzerland has a great ecosystem of robotics and I would definitely include all the drone activities also in that. Um, it's largely hinged uh, around the technical universities and I, I do think that this can become a very important uh, pillar um, for the Swiss economic, uh, for the Swiss econo economy uh, in the future. And we want to contribute to that. That would be fantastic. But that uh, Swiss economy has been hit by COVID uh, lately. And therefore, we also have two COVID-related questions for you. Yep. Do you consider yourself a COVID winner or a COVID loser? I think we're pretty neutral on that. Uh, more neutral than I was afraid of. I, uh, we have seen some delays. Uh, customers are not really willing to um, to decide uh, these days, so we don't get final decisions. And then, of course, we have the difficulty of not being able to travel uh, for on-site tests, etc. So that's more on the loser's side. Uh, yeah, there's no real COVID winner aspect, I would say. Uh, we've seen Boston Dynamics running around with some robots who can spray disinfectant, but that's not the type of market we want to address. So. If anything, then maybe rather loser, uh, but uh, it hasn't been a big deal for us, really. But still, despite COVID, you were able to close your financing round. And I think that's uh, also an achievement to celebrate, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And the last one in that regard, COVID credit, yes or no? Yes, uh, but we haven't used it uh, so we actually got it awarded. Uh, it was an impressive exercise. I mean, when it was announced, it was like eight o'clock in the morning. And I think at 11 o'clock, we had uh, the account uh, with uh, the amount on it. So it was amazing how quickly that went. And that was with a very large bank. 
uh, one of the Swiss banks. And that was really impressive. And then, of course, we were happy that we, we didn't really need to, to use that credit. So, uh, yeah, talking about Swiss efficiency, about the whole process, that was really impressive. That was an ex- that was a, yes, absolutely an example exercise. Hey, Hans Peter, these were all my questions for today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I, I'm really sure that we will hear, read, and see much more about you and your company. And we wish you all the best and lots of success for the upcoming challenges. Thanks a lot. We'll make everything uh, that uh, we can uh, to make that happen, that you will hear a lot uh, more from us. And uh, thank you for the interview then. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.